Welcome to the GBC Big 3 podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions raised from our Sunday sermon. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and riding shotgun this week is Bonnie to my Clyde, Thelma to my Louise, it's none other than Jessica Baker. Did you love that? These intros are getting outrageous, (laughs) man. Next week, you're going to be like, and with me today is Jess Baker. (laughs) She's all right. (laughs) I I don't know. I just felt, you know, the spirit led. Yeah. I like being the Thelma to your Louise and don't know who either of them are. I just know that they're a little duo. They are a duo. Listen, I I was actually questioning that introduction because (laughs) they do drive a car into a Kenyan at the end of the movie. And die. Spoiler alert. Sorry about that. I die with you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I drive off a cliff what with you. What do they you. say? Um, like drive hard, die, I don't know, something. I don't know. It's Nothing Fast and the I want to do. Oh, is it Fast and the, the Furious? I so, maybe. Is it? I don't know. I Thelma never would Louise is not Fast and the oh, Furious. Yeah, that's <laughs> you need to work like, on your pop uh, culture what? references. I don't watch Fast and the Furious. That's for the heathens. <laughs> Also, uh, I hate cars, so that's just not what I'm about. It's true. I mean, it's I don't true. hate them. They're practical. I quite enjoy <laughs> they get anyway. you from A to B. Yeah. It's not what we're here no. to discuss. <laughs> How are you? What's going on? What's I'm news? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I don't know what's news. I'm just plodding along in my life. Oh, we had youth camp. You that's had youth news. camp. It's yeah. true. I mean, I, I was you were there. there. <laughs> <laughs> Act surprise. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Tell me all about it. Yeah, youth camp was a banger. We had like 43 kids or yeah. something come and um, mm. got to spend a fair bit of time with them. Only have one broken foot. Which I think is a success for a youth camp, I would say. Considering we hurled young people's bodies down a hill on a water slide and did a human pyramid in the pool. Oh, that was the best moment of my life. I just wanted to be so included. The youth decided they were going to stand on each other's shoulders and get like see how many kids high they could get. And I was there on the edge just like, someone let me in. I want to do it. You weren't there on the edge because the second that someone was like, Jess, you're tier two. I've never seen someone someone step into their gifting. (laughs) With such, I don't know, energy, my enthusiasm. Yeah, I, I just, I think laughing about I know, it now. I can it see was you. the best moment of my life. I and can't then, describe. If you want pictures, I have pictures. There, there is a video on social media, mm. and all you can hear <laughs> is you in the background, I have no doubt, screaming, "Support the neck! Support the neck!" <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was so dangerous, and I just like I'm not a wild child, but I was I was there, yeah, I was there you for were it. There. it was such a time. But also, Jesus was present, and the yes. <laughs> and the spirit moved, the and spirit it was great. Can confirm that on both you know both the water slide and the human period, that is not where the broken foot occurred. No, no, it was just walking down steps. Yeah, you know, it's just with a a big guy on your back. Yeah, well, I yeah. Mean. So she was asking for it, but <laughs> <laughs> we're really sorry for her. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah. it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, well, in a moment, we're going to be joined by Mark Rader, who preached during both our online and on-site services, services this past Sunday. And Jess and I will be putting the big three questions to him as we dive deeper into the invitation from this week's sermon. Now, for those of you who missed it, Mark continued in our series, Seven Letters, Seven Lessons, Drawing Discipleship Teaching Out of the Book of Revelations. And we were on letter number five this week. Um, I'm not going to be able to pronounce their name. It was something sardine. Sardines. Sardines. Yeah, that's all I got. Roxy called them sardines. It's a beautiful place. (laughs) Um, You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But for now, Jess, I'm interested on what your thoughts were coming out of Mark's message. Um, I have just been pondering this week what it would actually look like if Jesus was coming back, if we knew the time and date and it was sometime in the next year, what, how my discipleship and evangelism would be different. Yeah. I think I would fail miserably the way I'm going. <laughs> I'm really playing the long game. 
Um, I'm more the tortoise than the hare in terms of this race. But yeah, I was just kind of pondering and yeah, what what would it be different? Because you don't wanna you don't wanna be annoying to your friends. <laughs> There's only so many times I can yell at them, repent the day is near. I'm just not sure if that's the approach we're after no, either. No. Yeah, so trying to think of like, okay, so we're told to kind of wake up and get the job done and we've got a big job to do and mm. but what does that actually look like yeah, for us? Yeah. yeah. I felt a little bit convicted because when Raider was like, yeah, what if Jesus came at the end mm. of the year? My first response was, I'm just not sure if I'm ready for that. Though. Like, I I've got a five-year plan. <laughs> I don't even have a mortgage yeah. yet. That's the life goal, <laughs> Matt, is the mortgage. Do have one, can oh. confirm, not a fun time. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's such a selfish non-Christian response, yeah. like to be like, oh, I'm yeah. not sure if I want that to happen. So I'd only know. have six months with my dog. <laughs> Where are we at on the dog? Oh, Just as a little oh, side. The dog's due tomorrow, everyone. <gasps> so we're praying over the womb of uh, Maple. <laughs> the dog's due tomorrow. I'm mm. very excited. Oh, and the Lord creates. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, I think it's time for us to start looking at the three big questions submitted through Slido this week. So what are the questions for today, Jess? So question one is how do we be ready in an ever-changing world? Mm-hmm. Question two is what do we need to recognise about our times and how do we act accordingly? Yeah. And question three is, as a faith community, if Jesus were to return at the end of the year, what should be at the top of our list? Oh, that's a good one. Because mm. I guess like you can think individually and, you know, this series being on discipleship is a bit of a, you know, we're starting with looking at ourselves. But, yeah, what does that actually mean for mm. us as a wider community, as GBC? Yeah. That's exciting. Keen to hear about that. Well, there's only one thing missing from this duo, and that is the third part of the duo, which is Mark Rader himself. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Matt. (laughs) I don't know what the other um, character is in Bonnie and Clyde or Thelma and Louise, but actually I think Brad Pitt's in Thelma and Louise. So are you Brad Pitt in this situation? (laughs) I think that's probably a bit of a... And we're the two women driving the car. (laughs) It's probably a bit of a stretch to say that I'm a Brad Pitt in any scenario. But... uh, same age, aren't you? Does he survive? Just or in does, age. That's the he, only he's, way. He's not in the car when it goes he's off the cliff. He's not in the car when they then drive Then I'll be off. Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he abandons us in our hour of No, 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 no. I'm just trying to maintain your memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I appreciate that. Um, listen, Rita, there's a big announcement happening. Yeah. This Sunday in the PM, you look confused, but you know all about <laughs> <Is there>? it. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm wondering if you can give our listeners out there a little bit of a taste or a teaser. Yeah, give us a spoiler. A teaser, Ooh. spoiler alert. You heard it here first <laughs> on the big three, cutting <laughs> so, news and GBC. So, we probably need to spoil a third movie then just to make sure it's a it's a big three spoiler oh, alert. Um, Dumbledore dies. We've crushed everyone. <laughs> I was joking. Oh, sorry. You sorry. monster. <laughs> you jumped on that so fast. Let me crush the souls of the children in the world. I've got it ready. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, heavy. Uh, I don't know where that came from. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, well. Back to Sunday. Back to Sunday. <laughs> Not nearly as traumatic, hopefully. Uh, essentially, we're looking to pilot something uh, different in in term two in our mm-hmm. evening congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, one of the are. things that uh, as a leadership, we've come to really realize out of a year of not meeting physically, yep. 
was uh, that perhaps how we meet on Sundays or how we had met on Sundays wasn't perhaps the only way we could meet. The fact that we could meet digitally, while it wasn't as while it wasn't as nice, yeah. while it wasn't as uh, as as good as we might have liked, um, it was just kind of this really uh, kind of an eye opener. And I think on top of that, there was the recognition that perhaps the way we've always been doing things hasn't actually been serving our goals, yeah. <laughs> really. Uh, and so w- what we're what we're planning to do is um, is is to ask our evening congregation to join us in a pilot. It'll be I guess ten weeks, so just yeah. the term itself. Uh, and we want to have kind of a, a two-week discipleship cycle. Yeah. Uh, so the first Sunday will not look like a normal church service. There will be, won't be any sung worship. There won't be a sermon. Uh, but there will be an opportunity to engage with a particular aspect of our life mm-hmm. and to talk about it from the perspective of faith. And that's going to take a whole bunch of different forms. Um, and you'll have to wait for Sunday to hear all of those sorts of forms. Uh, and that will be kind of what we're, what we're sort of terming as kickoff. Yeah. Um, which then, of course, reminds us that the work of the week is actually where the invitation of God really exists. For where the us. game is played, the game some is would played. say. Yes, sport. And then the sport. second week in the <laughs> in the uh, in the cycle is halftime, right? Which is how we've talked a bit about services for a number of years now, the and oranges. that will look like yeah, and that'll yeah. look more like a normal service. Mm. Um, so we'll have worship and a sermon and all those sorts of things, but also an opportunity to reflect on what we learned the week before yeah. and how it's made a difference in our life. Mm. And then also because it's half time, the next week, the Monday to Saturday also becomes kind of the the second half, the, the second part of our discipleship yeah. cycle. So it's, it's a different way to meet, but like we're really, really keen to make sure that people, I hope that it reinforces for people that discipleship is a seven day a week Yes, yeah. awesome. That Sundays plays a part in that, mm. but it's not the only part. But also to recognize that, um, uh, you know, when we, th- I, rather, I hope that people don't see it as kind of a week on, week off. Yeah. Right? No. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, oh, it's the worship week and it's the not, like, no, 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 it's mm. all discipleship. Yeah. But mm. discipleship can take different forms. So mm. well, I think, you know, um, I'm really excited about the possibility yeah. Yeah. of it and you know, all the people that I've spoken to where I've kind of, we've kind of dripped it to people and said, what do you think? The response has been overwhelmingly positive. So yeah. I'm really, I'm feeling quite optimistic that yeah. you know, on Sunday night people will go, yes, let's give it a swing and, and see what happens um, because I think that there's great value for our discipleship yeah. in that space. So yeah, really looking forward to it. So can, be there. Can confirm uh, that this whole game analogy, Raider did want to do like, what was it, puck drop or something like that? <laughs> yeah, puck drop yeah, and then He wanted it to be hockey you know? reflective and I'm just like, no, we're just not about that. I struggle with the term halftime, to be honest. <laughs> so, well, no, I'm okay. I'm okay with halftime because there's oranges, there's food. Yeah, like, but oranges? That's, that's, oh, I don't know. I like bring out the citrus. chocolate. Listen, that's not what we're here to discuss, but that's fine. <laughs> anyway, but I'm, so here be there. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm ready for the vote. This yeah. Sunday, yeah. it's going to be wild. Yeah. Well, um, enough about that. Mm. Let's get into the big three. Um, so this church, the Sardinians, or the Sardines, or the... Whatever they're called. What are they called? The Community of Faith at Sardis. Great. Love that. Sardis. <laughs> love that. Exactly Bless what them. you said. They're told that um, Jesus is going to come back as a thief in the night. And the idea is that you're not sitting up watching for thieves every night. If you do, you have wild anxiety and you need to see a psychologist. <laughs> but like, you just don't know when he's going to come. You don't expect it. So how do we actually be ready in mm. this ever-changing world that we live in? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that – I, I know that I, I can't really change the question, but if I could change the question – Change I, it. I think one it of the, the issues is, <laughs> is about how do we live ready when we know that Jesus has been delayed for 
2,000 years. Mm. Like to some degree, that's almost the more pressing Mm. tension. Um, If things were changing, but we knew Jesus was coming back by the end of the year, you'd be like, okay, things are changing, but Jesus is still coming back. So here we go. I think the, the big, the big question is, what, I mean, it's been 2,000 years. Jesus mm. said he was coming back soon then. So... I'm guessing his idea of time is very different to ours. <laughs> well, maybe he's just like that person who's always late to a party. But 2,000 years late? That's, <laughs> well, that's rude. <laughs> Not saying Jesus is rude. I take it back. <laughs> this might be the time to <clears throat> introduce you to some doctrine. Um, but <laughs> Please do. We need it. <laughs> but, you know, again, I've, some of it, some of that is is the genre. Like mm. I've talked a bit in this series about the genre of mm. apocalyptic literature. Yeah. Apocalyptic literature by its very nature is about the end. Uh, and part of its message is that you can hang on because the end is so soon. Um, like it, you know, I can encourage you all I want, but if I say, listen, you have to hold on for 2000 years, people are going to be like, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to struggle with that. Um, so it's part of the genre, but it certainly is. It's also been part of, um, it's been part of Christian belief, right? So some of our earliest creeds make reference to the fact that Jesus is coming back again. Mm. He's going to come back visibly, uh, visibly and physically and judge the world and all that kind of stuff. So there has been this expectation, but it's so easy to get lost mm. in the fact that it's been 2,000 years mm. and you know um, people have been so wrong about it so many times. You know, history is littered with examples of people who knew when when Jesus was coming back. You know, there was, um, you know, a famous one in the mid uh, 1800s in the United States. And people were so convinced. They sold houses. They quit jobs. Like they just all in on the date. And Mm -hmm. then obviously it didn't happen. Yeah, (laughs) totally. You know, and, you know, they went went back, realized they forgot to carry the one and set it for the next year. (laughs) And and, and Jesus still didn't come back. But it was so, it was a bit of a complete debacle and it had implications for people's faith right yeah. um yeah. so you know trying to trying to manage that um expectation of his return without getting too wound up in it is is a is a tricky one yeah. but i think you know ever changing world or the delay however you kind of frame it up i think that it's almost like we have to um have an eye on the end game Right, the, yeah. the, 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 you know the the eye on the fact that Jesus could return at any point in time, and while you don't want to live in fear of that, you know, or um, w- without any wisdom, like kind of going, well, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm never gonna make any long term plans because Jesus might come back, and then what's the point? Like, there's wisdom in, you know getting the mortgage and going through, you know, (laughs) okay, maybe that wasn't a great example, but you're like making, making (laughs) making plans for your life. And you know, those things, there's wisdom in that stuff, but how we, um, how we keep an eye on the potential imminence, I think is, is a lot trickier. Like Mm. it's almost as if, you know, kind of that pop, pop culture reference of, you know, you just got to live, you know, seize the moment, right. To some degree, that's almost that's almost what we need to do. Mm. Like live each day as if it were your last. Mm. You know, that kind of sense of, you know, we really got to take seriously the fact that Jesus may return today. Mm. So let's let's be about it. Yeah. And I think it, it, at the very least it ought to, um, you know, as I talked about on Sunday, it ought to kind of, it ought to heighten our urgency a little bit to kind of mm. go, you know what? Um, not to, to try not to leave those opportunities to one side because mm. oh like I'll get another opportunity tomorrow or there'll be another opportunity yeah. that, or maybe maybe next week I'll have the the conversation or whatever it might be but actually to kind of bring things to the front and say mm. okay well 
not because Jesus is going to return today, but like, huh, let's let's be about the work. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's let's try to be as urgent as we can be. And, and I think we need to recognize as well. I think this is I think this is really important for us. Not only is there wisdom in making plans, but we can't live in a heightened sense of urgency forever. Mm. Like we're just not built for it. Like God created us in ways that we, you know, our lives are so cyclical, right? Mm. And we all know it, right? There are times when things are going great and everything is easy. And then guess what? There are times (laughs) when it's like the exact opposite. But generally speaking, it's, you know, seasonal, right? Or cyclical or something. Like there's there's ups and downs in all of our lives. Mm. And I think that we need to recognize that no one can live in this heightened sense of expectation, yeah. For a really long time without kind of, ugh, it's just too hard. So yeah, I think yeah. we, you know, we kind of need to pace ourselves in that. But I think to have an appropriate level of, you know what? I, I need to be I need to be about the work of the kingdom mm. because the time is drawing closer. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and I think even that might just give us just a little bit more impetus to to be about the work of the kingdom, to be about the work of our discipleship. Yeah. You know, to kind of help our, us prioritize some of those things. I think that might that might be as much as we can expect about yeah. being ready. Um, you know, I think we'll all be surprised when Jesus shows up, right? Like, I don't think anyone's going to go, I knew it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right it. on Except time. one guy you know? in his bunker will be like, yes, I was right. <laughs> With his canned foods. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but I, so I think we're all going to be taken by surprise, but you'd like to think that we could at least go, oh, wow. Mm. You know, oh, and I actually kind of mm. got through quite a bit of stuff, yeah. you know, kind of deal. So I think that's really interesting because like when I first read this question, I, my, like my first response was, oh, like the heart of this question is like, what are the things that we need to do? Because when we're getting ready, Mm. we've normally got a list. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when we go on holidays, we've got our holiday list of all the things we've got to take and you work your way through and you tick them off and then you're ready to leave, Mm. right? And Mm. so like when I first read this question, the way I read it was that the heart of the question is what do I need to do Mm. in order to be ready and and kind of obviously referring to the fact that it's hard when the world is always changing. But the world is always going to change. Mm-hmm. That's the one consistent of our world. It's a beautiful irony. And so the focus needs to be not on what we do, although it is, mm-hmm. but our attitude. Like it's an attitudinal yeah. shift. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of how, do you, how, are you, how do you prepare for something that you cannot guarantee is going to happen? Right? Like sometimes I remember I, I, we were gonna, I was going to put some fertilizer on the lawn. Right, but like you needed to water it in. So I was like, the next day, the next time there's going to be rain late in the week, I'll try to remember to. Well, you know, like I'm not sure I ever remembered, but like it was that whole kind of how do you know when the next rainy day is? So you kind of you know mm. double the work or whatever the case might be, or you know from a sporting analogy, like I'm I am always ready for my hockey team to win the. Stanley I was Cup. just about to say, and it was yeah. meant to be a dig. How do you know when the Maple Leafs are going to win? Like, I, I don't, but I'm certain it's going to happen. But you're ready. <laughs> certain it's going to happen. Possibly in a parallel universe that I will not exist in. But uh, you know, but 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 I, that's actually kind of a help because I can't guarantee it. There's nothing I can do to make it go faster uh, or happen. But I'm 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 ready. <laughs> got He's my got tattoo picked out. No, no, not really. You've got your tattoo. <laughs> no, no, yes, no. please. <laughs> I would have been there for that yeah. <laughs> we should do that on the big three <laughs> right yeah well i'm probably joking because i <clears throat> an area, never mind well that's another topic for another day um but you know like i'm, I'm ready to i'm ready to celebrate mm. i'm ready for that to happen mm. in the meantime 
I just get depressed every time they're playing. I'm just going to wear my jersey. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You know, like, yeah. you know, and to some degree it doesn't, it's not a bad parallel with how we're supposed to live our lives. Like mm. right now people will mock me for cheering for the Maple Leafs. Just like some people might mock us for a belief that Jesus is literally coming back. It's yeah. like, I don't yeah. care. I've got the jersey. Yeah. I know their schedule. I watch all their games. Like I'm in. I am in on this one. Mm. You know, and we need to be in on Jesus coming back yeah. and need to be kind of as ready as we can be. And that's probably not a bad illustration, particularly what you just said, because there's nothing I there's nothing I do to help that. No. Right? Um, <laughs> if there were, I'm not sure it would help. But yeah, you know, like <laughs> uh, I think that's not a bad way to bad way to think about it. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. well, let's move on to question two. So, Rita, as you were um, preaching on Sunday, you were saying that the sardines, um, that one of, their, <laughs> one of their issues was that they weren't reading and recognising what was happening in their culture and therefore not, mm. not acting accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's, you know, that's, some, that's the discipleship lesson for us, that mm-hmm. we need to be on the look and, and kind of reading our culture. But how do we go about that? What do we need to do to recognise um, what's going on in our times, and how do we act accordingly to that? Mm. Again, I might. I'll, uh, I think I may surprise you with where I'm going to go with this because I, <laughs> I don't. I'm not sure that. Uh, like, I think that's. A, I think it's an, an amazing question. I think it's a great question because it, it cuts to the heart of what are we doing, right? Mm. If, if the if the previous response was about our attitude, then this is really about what we are doing. But I'm not sure that it it's primarily related to whether Jesus returns or not, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I think the the reading the times for us, I think one of the most critical things is for us to recognize um, how our world is changing yeah. and how the gospel, not that the gospel changes, but how we need to present the gospel mm. in a changing environment. Mm. Um, you know, I, I've, I'm not sure that I've reflected on this on the big three before, but you know, like the Billy Graham Crusades, mm. you know, uh, I think it was in 1959 that Billy Graham came to Australia. He came, I think he came a couple of the times after that, but that was the big one. You know, thousands of people got saved and there are people in nearly every church, it seems, across Australia yeah. who are of that age who remember either being there or were saved at that or, you know, like, you just remarkable. But that kind of evangelism doesn't, doesn't seem to, quote unquote, work anymore mm. like our society is different yeah. and so i think one of the questions we have to ask is like we're still called to make disciples yeah. we're still called to share the good news of jesus but holding a an evangelistic concert with a sermon at the sydney cricket ground mm. probably isn't the way forward on that so i think we need to be very aware of how our world is changing in terms of how people are thinking about themselves and their place within the world uh, the goals that people have um the the big issues that they're concerned with um and then being able to speak into those circumstances mm. and into that situation and that's hard work because as churches i think we you know i think any institution or organization falls into this we do what used to work <laughs> yeah and we we do it until it it's so obviously not working anymore we flog the dead horse <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and so i think we need to be kind of uh, you know and this is ironic that i'm trying to, that i'm saying this but early adopters on stuff right because i'm not an early adopter on, <laughs> on technology or any of those sorts of things but we do have to try to figure out so what's going on in our world and how does the gospel speak to the needs of 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 our world, mm. right? Now, again, you can't change the nature of the gospel, right? So, you know, eventually you're going to have to talk about sin and you're going to have to talk about Jesus' death and resurrection yeah. and those sorts of things. But 
you know, like people are asking questions about, you know, climate change, mm. you know, and, and, and so how does the gospel speak into that? Mm. Well, of course it speaks into it. God created the world. And he gave the stewardship to us. We botched it up. Jesus mm. has come to renor- restore the thing. So yeah. we can partner with him in that. Well, there's yeah. a space where we can address a very concrete need from the perspective of theology and perhaps help people bring bring them a step or two closer to, to recognizing the truth in Jesus. You know, there, there's been a shift apparently on most searched verses. It used to be John 3, 16. Now it's Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, mm. plans to prosper yeah. you. Yeah, right? That's because we're all riddled with anxiety. <laughs> what <laughs> well, are yes. the plans? What's going on? <laughs> but it's such an interesting change, mm. right? The first one was about, you know, for God's love the world, that he sent his one and only son, that whoever mm. believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It was all about sin, salvation, right? And now it's about God's plans and are they good? Yeah. And you just kind of go, okay, so what does that tell us about our culture? And again, mm. we can't avoid sin. It's like it's part of the story, but the way we talk about it, the way we communicate it probably needs to to, to shift a little bit or the order in which we yeah. talk about it. Yeah. And you know that you want to kind of do a bait and switch and, oh, Jesus loves you. Bang, you sinner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like uh, that's probably not going to be very helpful either, but... You know how we how we um, how we figure out what's happening in our world and then respond. I think is really important. Yeah, you know I think the church has generally been kind of late to the party. Mm. Um, they haven't picked up. You know what's we haven't picked up. I should probably say it's. You know, I'm part of the problem. You know, <laughs> um, we haven't picked up how our world has changed and how the gospel speaks into a new situation because that's the beauty of the gospel, right? It mm. speaks into every situation, mm. every culture, every time. It's always relevant. Mm. We just may need to kind of reorder yeah. the telling of it. We yeah. might need to open different doors that allow people to enter into the story, um, allow them to have different on-ramps into their own journey of faith, mm. ha- give them a longer time before they decide about whether they're going to believe. Mm. You know, Those sorts of things, I think, just need to be, um, we need to be quite nimble, I think, in that space. Can I ask though, Rita, because I, I know that for some people um, they might come from the perspective of, no, like the gospel story starts with Jesus and, and mm-hmm. you know, um, you know you've, got to, you've got to hit those key points at the beginning. So like I don't know, how, do, like, how does that perspective work in this or, or what would you kind of say to someone with that perspective just to, you know. Yeah. Throw you under the bus. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, at one level, the, I mean, the gospel story is the gospel story. Mm. Right? I think it's, you know, the worldview that we have is the, the good creation, busted by sin, yep. redeemed by Jesus, on the path to total restoration. That's that's the big story. Um and, 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 you know, that remains the same. Yeah. And Jesus's death and resurrection still lies at the very heart of our hope. Mm. Um, and our relationship with God still is kind of the goal, right, that he might dwell with us and we with him. So you know, at one level, it doesn't change at all. But I also think that the story is perhaps a little bit more flexible, yeah. Right. Um, that it that it's more nuanced. It's more multifaceted. That it can do more than just tell itself one way. Yeah. You know, like the gospel story is a little bit like a good set of Lego, right? You know, the the the, the set on the box is the gospel. Mm. But once you break it up, you can actually make little sub stories out of it, which mm. is kind of the Old Testament, right? And the New yeah. Testament. Oh, here's a little story about Abraham. 
Is that the gospel? No, 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 but it's made of parts of the gospel. Let yeah. me take it apart. Here's the story of David. Is that the gospel? No, 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 but it's part of the story of David. Take it apart. Here's a psalm. Here's a, here's a prophet. Yeah. Here's Peter. Here's, mm-hmm. And so you actually can, you, the, the, there's more ways you can get people in mm, and yeah. start playing with the pieces, so to speak, if yeah. I can push the image too far, you know? <laughs> and ultimately, you can kind of say, hey, do you want to build the real thing? <laughs> like, do you want to build the set on the yeah. box? Yeah. And that's where you get the whole story. You're like, oh, great. You know, now it makes sense. But I think there's more ways in for people. Mm. You know, so I think for many people in our culture, they don't see themselves as sinners. It doesn't make any sense to them. Mm. So telling them that Jesus came to save them from their sins, at one level, certainly true, but doesn't kind of strike them as being particularly helpful. Mm. It's like being told, hey, you're drowning when I'm standing on the beach. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't need a lifesaver. Yeah. I don't need someone with a red ring to kind of, what are you doing? Like, leave me alone. <laughs> right? yeah. So I think we need to kind of help people on their journey of so, you know, and I've said this before, Jesus came to do more than forgive our sins, mm. right? That wasn't his only thing. Mm. Um, and when he came, when it, you know, his, his preaching ministry begins, it is the kingdom of heaven, mm. right? The kingdom of heaven has come. He doesn't say hardly anything about, sins or his death until later in the gospels. He's all about the kingdom. So like forgiveness is critical without which it's hard to enter into the kingdom, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, he came to do a lot more than that. Mm. Uh, He came to restore and renew the world. Right. And so you just think, okay, there's, there's more to the story than Mm. we sometimes reduce it to, you know, we kind of reduce it to Jesus came to save us from our sins. You kind of go, listen, no one else could do that. Yeah. Really big deal. Right. Yeah. You know, not, Mm. not a small insignificant thing, but boy, oh boy, there's more to it. Mm. There's more to it. Mm. Um, And so what do we do with that? You know, how do we, how do we figure that one out? And even, you know, I think the fact that sin takes on so many different types. Yeah. You know, there's trespasses and missing the mark and folly, you know, and ignorance, right? All of those can lead mm. to sin, but they're all quite different nuances mm. of sin. Uh, and so I think there's lots there's lots in the story for us to yeah. kind of help people. I, you know, I, I believe this about the Bible. It is like it's just it's unfathomable. Mm. Like it's just deep and wide and long and, and, and you can swim around in it forever, you know, and there, there's just so much for it's so much more flexible, so much more powerful, so much more alive mm. than we sometimes give it credit for. We yeah. kind of treat it like we can put it in a box and go, I've explained it. Yeah. Like, no way. Mm. No way. That thing is just alive and all over the shop. Who knows what it will do in someone's mm. life, you know? And so I think the story that it tells, the gospel story is, is very, very similar. So if I can push the Lego analogy, which sure. I loved yep. because it's better than any sport analogy that you do. <laughs> um, so if, if you met someone and you wanted to introduce them to the gospel mm. and you knew nothing about them, you only could read our culture, mm-hmm. what's the first piece of Lego that you'd pick up? Ooh. <laughs> Intrigue. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that... Again, wow! This <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> now we're we're making this image work hard. Uh, I'd I'd probably I'd probably spill all the Lego out and say, which piece do you like? Ah! Oh. But then have you got to sit there explaining every story of the Bible? <laughs> no, no, no. Because if they if they start building something, kind of you know what that looks a little bit like this. Right. So to some degree, you want to ask them. You know, like it probably wouldn't be this this overt, but like. Tell me about spirituality. Mm. Like, did you have beliefs as a 
kid mm. about God? How do you think about God now? What do you think about spirituality? Um, did you have any experiences of God? Like, and, and just kind of, you'd want to do some listening, I think. Yeah. Um, because without that, you're just, you're, 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 you're kind of. You're just throwing Lego at yeah, them. Yeah, you're just throwing <laughs> Lego at them. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving it from the step on in the middle yeah. of the night. Uh, that's what yeah. makes sense, right? So, and I think once, you know, if they built something, then you can say, okay, you know what? That's really interesting. Mm. You know, can I tell you about how, can I tell you about someone who had a similar experience? Yeah, wow. Can I tell you about someone who, you know, in the Bible who, you know, experienced something quite similar and, and met Jesus? Uh, can I tell you about, mm. you know, Abraham and the long delay of the promise. Can I mm. tell you about, you know, I think that there'd be lots of spaces because the Bible's full of very human, very frail mm. stories. Like I love that about it. It's not full of victory stories because that yeah. would just be so depressing. <laughs> you know, like it's so nice to feel a bit smug every so often and, and kind of go, oh, look at me, I'm better than that. <laughs> you know, you know, possibly not. But, you know, it's so nice that there are examples of people who just failed, mm. didn't trust God. Learned their lesson, failed to trust God again. Yeah. Almost immediately afterwards, you're like, "Oh, that sounds so familiar," <laughs> you know. So there's something really, really wonderful about that. Yeah. So there's a lot of brokenness in the Bible. Mm. To some degree, it's like a wonderful story for our time. Mm. I was reflecting on this yesterday um, when I was lecturing um, in terms of how our culture has changed. And you, you're like, I'm old enough to remember when the original Superman movies came out, and Superman was just this really nice, powerful, good guy. And now all the superhero stories, like it's, they're interested in the broken backstory. Mm. Like all of the superheroes yeah. now, they're flawed individuals and we tell the stories of their flaw mm. as well as their power. Yeah. And there's something that we love about that. Well, the Bible is full <laughs> of those yeah. sorts of stories. You want busted backstory? Have a look at Abraham. Have a look mm. at David. Have, like, geez, they're everywhere. Take your pick. Take your pick. And so there's something really, I think, quite powerful in some mm. of those, you know, the backstory of biblical characters. The heroes. Mm. They're untold stories. Mm. There you go. <laughs> I hear a trailer coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on to question three. Um, so the church in Sardis were told that they were kind of, they were doing some good stuff. They had some good stuff going on, but Jesus was telling them they were kind of, they were missing the most important thing that he was interested in. So as a, f a community of faith for us at GBC, if Jesus were to return at the end of the year, what should be at the top of our list of things to do? Ooh, very good question. I, I mean, I like it because it's corporate, you know, because mm. it is to the churches, right? It's not to, you know, individual in the third row at Sardis. <laughs> you, know, you need to you hear this. Failing. <laughs> you are failing. Everyone. No one sits in the third row. <laughs> Everyone's well, they, at the back. Well, they weren't Baptists, right? So maybe they did. Right? <laughs> it was a sign of their faith. That's what we should do. We should sit at the front. Sit at the front. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, well... I, mean, I know what I think that I'd like to see us do, right? Yeah, we'll that's take what we're that. Yeah. <laughs> that is exactly what we're after right now. Please proceed. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, th I look at us as a community of faith, and, you know, if I can be really honest, I think there's, I mean, there's lots of stuff that we do really well, hmm. and uh, we have a lot of really good people, I'm passionate about Jesus, passionate about the kingdom, mm. keen to serve, growing in their faith. Like there's lots to celebrate. But I, I look at uh, us as a community of faith and we have very few people come to faith. Mm. Yeah. Like very few. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, for a church our size, not that we're that big, but you'd kind of think, you know, there's six or 700 people on the roll. Mm. 
Jeez, you'd like to think we we'd see more people come yeah. to faith, yeah. or, or or at the very least, more people on the journey of faith. I think mm. I'd be very comfortable with that. You know, yeah. um, I, I'm I'm not sure that I'm I'm not as big a fan anymore of the binary not saved saved, mm. but very 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 open to the whole. Oh, we've got a cohort of people in our congregation who are moving towards faith. Yeah. You know, they don't yet believe in Jesus, but they're here all the time. Mm. <laughs> they're in a life group. They're yeah. asking questions. Oh man, I'd be all over that. So, I mean, I think we need to be, we need to, as a community of faith, I think we need to be focused on that. Mm. Um, you know, and as Belinda Lakeland, who's um, joined our staff mm. as a consultant. Um, so fancy. Very ago, fancy. Yeah, <laughs> very fancy. She's great. I love, I love what she's bringing to, to our team already. Um, but, you know, when she talks about plan A, you know, God's plan for, um, for every believer wrapped around the Great Commission, it starts with growing. Like it starts with our discipleship um, from the perspective of if I'm going to ask you to begin to follow Jesus and I am not, that's a little weird. You know, you know, you should buy a Toyota. Oh, why, why, why do you drive a Ford? Oh, cause I, you know, I don't think Toyotas are very good. You know, like well, well, where's the authenticity in that? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. you know, if I tell you you should drive a Toyota, I better have a whole bunch of Toyotas. Right. You know, so I, I think there's something about the authenticity of our witness that comes from our, our growing. And, you know, we hope people won't just put their faith in Jesus, but they'll be changed by him. Mm. So if I'm never changed, if no one ever notices any change in my life, then, oh, man. So I think that the priorities for us really need to be about discipleship and, and evangelism. Yeah. yeah. You know, to some degree, they should always be the priorities. But, <clears throat> and again, you know, to reflect on something I said a little bit earlier, I think, you know, one of the things that COVID or the not COVID itself, but the, the, the lockdown, the period of time when we were not able to meet face to face. One of the things that revealed was just, uh, and this, this is my reflection. So I, I don't want to put this on anyone in the congregation. Mm. Um, it's not about naming names, or, but I just felt that as a church, we have failed people in helping them be self-sustaining disciples of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I think the the thing that still worries me are are, are not the people who have left our church to go to another church. Mm. I'm disappointed, I yeah. guess. But if they're in another church following Jesus, like okay, yeah. like I've yeah. got to be okay with that. It's right? one kingdom. <laughs> yes, it's one kingdom. So okay, um, but it's the people who, when we stop meeting face to face, their discipleship shriveled. Yeah, and I think to myself, you know, now okay, some of that might be on them, mm. but I think we. As a church, I, as a leader, I don't think we've done enough to really equip people mm. in that space to be able to survive a pandemic, mm. um, to be self-sustaining, um, self-feeding, yeah. <laughs> you know, followers yeah. of Jesus. And and so I really feel that <clears throat> there's been a an enormous lesson. I'm not sure that's been learned, but certainly a lesson that has been revealed. Right? Mm. Like we we've got to do better at that. Mm. And that's part of the reason why we want to try this discipleship yeah. cycle yeah, yeah. at night because it's just a realization of, you know, Sundays are good. They 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 play a part in our discipleship. I think for lots of people, Sundays is a part of their rhythm. It's it's where they hear um, teaching. It's where they gather with other believers. Lots of good stuff in it. But man, discipleship is so much broader yeah. than that. You know, it's 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 seven days a week. Yeah. So how are we helping people to 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 be seven day a week Christians? You know, full time. Um, yeah, full time. Mm. And, and you know, I think evangelism the same way. You know, the whole idea that you know the main game is out there. Really, yeah. You know, I don't expect I don't, ex- I don't expect a lot of random non Christians to walk in off the street. Yeah. 
you know, if any, if anyone comes in, it's going to be because somebody invited them, Yeah. you know, now, okay. Occasionally, you know, we have had the occasional story of people kind of just God does something in their life and they show up yeah. and you're like, great, like <laughs> fantastic. But you know, the, the norm is going to be people inviting their friends and mm, you know, so how does yeah. that work? You know? So I, I think those, <clears throat> those things need to be kind of at the very forefront of, of our priorities. Yeah. And you know, it, like it feels a bit like a motherhood statement, right? Like, well, shouldn't they always have been? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably should always have been. And I suppose we've always paid lip service to them, right? Yeah. You know, evangelism is important. Yeah. Discipleship is important. Yeah, 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 yeah. You throw yeah, it yeah. in there every now and again. Yeah, but I feel like, particularly coming out of 2020, but you know, also out of the letter to the to the church at Sardis, that yeah, if Jesus were coming back by the end of the year, I would like to. I would like to say personally that I have contributed to the growth of the community of faith here mm. as followers of Jesus, that I've done more than I have in the past, that, that I've done more than I did at the start, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. To, to see them equipped to be followers of Jesus mm. and to be great commission disciples. Yeah. Um, will we have arrived at the end of the year? You know, I pray we'll be a lot further than mm. I than I think we will be, but maybe yeah. not. But I think that's the priority for us. Yeah. And to, you know, I think you know our theme for this year is about discipleship. And as far as I'm concerned, I I, I want to be about discipleship in a way we haven't been before. Yeah. You know, I think we've talked a big game, but I want to I want to actually <laughs> show up on the field. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like I really want people to go, wow, this church is serious about discipleship. Yeah. You know, and I and I know that. I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but I, like I, I know that we'll probably lose people over that, mm. like I, because it, it it's going to be a bit uncomfortable, mm. um, and and that I'm not sure what to do with that. I'm not sure what to do with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that if we if we get really serious about discipleship, it's going to get uncomfortable. Mm. You can't just sit, <clears throat> absorb a sermon, and then go home and go home. It takes work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and we're going to start trying to help people be accountable and yeah like, yuck no thanks <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know and so you just kind of go okay how do we do that in a way that's really gracious mm. um but that's also that says this is really important yeah. like yeah. we can't just we can't cruise we can't yeah, we can't absolutely. be on cruise control we can't take our foot off the pedal we mm-hmm. like we've really got to keep moving yeah you know we've got to keep growing and developing so like i think that for me feels like the the two the two biggest parts that like, gets broken down in all sorts of yeah, stuff, absolutely. you know, like mm-hmm. our life group ministry and, you know, how we care for one another and those sorts of things. But I think those are the two mm. things that I'd want to see at the top of our priority yeah. list. Yeah. But I know that like, you know, on that, like I'm super excited for what's to come this year because I do yeah. feel a real sense of this is no longer lip service, mm. that there's a real sense of um, dedication from the church to be intentional about mm. Mm discipleship and evangelism and Mm. that they're not just going to be words that we throw out on Mm. a Sunday to make Mm. us feel like we're doing it, but that we're actually going to push the boundary and do it. Mm. And, and, um, there is, you know, yes, I, I appreciate that there might be a group that that might be uncomfortable for, but there's also a group who are, you know, chewing at the bit for it. Mm. Um, and you know, a church can't be everything for everyone, but, Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see, particularly for our younger people, um, what this new way of mm. Sunday 
will look like yeah. um, and how, as I anticipate, they're going to eat it up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not about putting all the eggs in one basket. There's more to it than just a discipleship cycle. Mm. Um, but but I think that this I'm really excited about mm. where this is leading us. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think I think you're right. I think there's a, a real interesting space. Mm. I've been really intrigued by the kind of the slow restart. You know, yeah. we kind of went back to services and yet it's been just really kind of I don't know, it's been a long slog. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just the other week we had uh, there were a handful of people who were in all of our services who hadn't been back in a full year yet. Mm. Like just for one reason or another hadn't been yeah, back yeah. face to face and and I've just I've been reflecting a little bit. I think I shared this with you on Sunday. Just feeling like um like the return to Sundays hasn't scratched the itch that people have felt. Yeah. Mm. Like going back mm. hasn't been the thing. Mm. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah. It's been really nice to see people in the mm. flesh again and, you know, bump fists and mm. actually have a conversation. <laughs> <Touch your> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Have that conversation that's just long, not, not quite long enough to be officially mingling. Yeah. But, you know, more than a hello. You know, like all that kind of, it's been really nice. Mm. And now that we're able to sing, even with masks, just hearing people singing, that's that's been lovely, mm. but there's a real sense that I have that it's not scratching the itch that people really yeah. have. Like and that an, says something, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I think that there's a it's a discipleship itch, you know. So yeah, Sundays play a part in that. Mm. But mm, I think there's more out there. So at least that's how I'm choosing yeah. to read the uh, the situation <laughs> yeah. right now. So, mm. oh, I'm excited for it, Mark. Yeah. Thanks so much. I, yeah. Like there yeah. was so much in that that I found really yeah really helpful. So mm. thanks for sharing it. Pleasure sharing your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, thanks, guys. Matt, so from coming out of that discussion with Mark, is there anything that kind of stood out to you, anything that challenged you? Or yeah, you I think I, like I really loved – I know we, 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 we stuck on it for a little <laughs> – for a while, mm. but that Lego analogy, <laughs> <laughs> it was just because I've got a seven-year-old and Lego is my life at mm. the moment. But um, I don't know, I love that idea of um, – what Mark was saying about like when I put him on the spot and said, you know, what piece would you pick up? And mm. his response was actually, I think it's about letting them build something and kind of and helping them understand where God is in that. Yeah, I like that. I actually think is is a beautiful way of sharing the gospel, and it's that whole sense of I am not the expert on someone else's journey yeah. of faith. I'm not an expert on what they've experienced or what maybe some of the barriers are for them when it comes to faith, and so that that beautiful listening, silent listening of someone's mm. story, but then kind of coming in and going, well, let me actually tell you what I know about Jesus and, and how I see, um, you know, the pieces that you've used yeah. kind of where I see him in that and, and him working in your life. I actually think that like, yeah, like if we're reading our culture and, and trying to recognize what's happening around us, I think that, um, that that is what people will respond to. Yeah. Not this, um, oh, and I, I don't mean this in a, in, in an offensive way, but not this cookie cutter kind of approach of I'm just going to reiterate the same explanation of, of the, of the gospel story over and over again, regardless of who you are, where you've been, what you've done and what you've experienced. Um, So I love that individuality of it. And, and I think that actually ties in beautifully with what Belinda talks about with plan A, like it's got to be based on relationship. It's got to be based on knowing people and just sowing those seeds and then, and then seeing what kind of grows out of Mm. that. So yeah, I just, I know that kind of 
That was my vibe. Mm, yeah, nice I took vibe. it. Yeah. Nice what vibe. about you? Um, to be honest, this whole end times Jesus is coming thing just full on freaks me out. Doesn't, you're not comfortable with it? No, I'm not comfortable with the apocalypse. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so my inclination is to just ignore and get a bit cozy <laughs> and make my plans and have my mortgage and all that kind of stuff. And and so having that, you know, that sustainable urgency where you kind of are thinking you know, this is happening. I need mm. to. I need to get on this and share the gospel yeah. a little bit more than I have. Is it? You know, it's a bit stressful it's, for me. <laughs> I'm a little bit uncomfortable. I'm getting all pinchy. <laughs> but everything that we that we've talked about is really good, and I like kind of breaking it down into those little steps of what can our church be doing, what we're oh, doing. Yeah, you know, we're doing this amazing Sunday night revamp, and so excited. If we just turn up to that, then we're on our way. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right on. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> I'll see you on Sunday yes. at, um, at the big announcement. Yes. You should all be there too. I'm on call, so if everyone could pray for no babies that night because <laughs> it's be in my diary, I'm ready to come. <laughs> I'll be there. Scrubs right or Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. For thanks, Matt. Three, thanks for Thelma. <laughs> Wait, who do I want to be, Thelma um, or Louise? I can't remember which one's I want which. the better one. Oh, well, I mean, they both <laughs> drive off a, off a cliff. So... <laughs> I'm just sticking with Thelma. I'm Thelma. (laughs) Thanks, Louise. No worries. (laughs) Well, if you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure that you're there for one of our services this Sunday, either online or on site, and that you snap the slider QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast today, take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.